We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. The one more week until we are covering a regular season Packers football game. I don't know about you, Dusty, but I am very excited. We do miss Steve this week, but next week when we're all back together, we will be previewing Packers versus Bears in week one. Uh, how are you feeling, Dusty? I'm feeling great, man. Like we were talking about before we started recording, I can't believe I can't believe we're here. I mean, I'm still – I know it's a 17-game season, which means the three preseason games instead of four. I still – listen, we just got done with three preseason games. It's still just so weird that the next game we're going to see in a couple weeks is going to be the regular season. So – like always, the offseason is long until suddenly the season sneaks up on you. So I'm I'm hyped, dude. We got this weird little bit of downtime. And then next week, we're actually previewing a game, man. It's it's very, very exciting. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting time. It's sort of the Christmas Eve growing up feeling when, you know, you're a kid and you're just you know the next day is going to be the best day ever and all of your <laughs> wishes are are gonna come true. Uh that's sort of how it feels right now. But um, unfortunately, in order for you know the regular season to be here, it does mean that the difficult day of roster cuts has to happen, and it's never a fun day because you know, at, like we always talk about, these are real people; these are their jobs; they're you know playing for their livelihood. So you know, when they don't make the final roster, it, it's nothing to celebrate. Um, it, it's definitely tough for a lot of people, um, and. But we're still going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the moves that were made, the decisions that uh, the Packers decided to uh, move forward with as they reduced their roster to 53 players during the mandated roster reduction yesterday. Um, basically, moving forward, how it works is they can start building their 16-player practice squad after the waiver process concludes um, at noon Eastern time on Wednesday, today, when you're listening to this. So some guys are released and the hope is that, you know, 24 hours later, they can re-sign them to the practice squad. Um, you know, there's already been reports of guys who um, – it seems that that will be the case, um, and that's the Packers' plan for them as long as they're not picked up elsewhere. Uh, but, Dusty, we're going to kind of go piece by piece uh, through the initial roster for the 2023 season, and would just love to kind of get your thoughts, um, you know, 
if you liked the decisions, if you were surprised by anything, um, just open to anything. So we'll start with QBs. Um, shocking everyone, but Jordan Love is QB1. Um, <laughs> it's breaking news here. And then Sean Clifford, QB2. Uh, running backs, we have Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Emmanuel Wilson. And then wide receivers, Dusty. Before we go to wide receivers, because there are several, let's start with QB and running backs. Any anything that surprised you here? I mean, they kept three running backs, so that I mean that Sean Clifford was named backup. Uh, I think last week, Lafour said yeah. Clifford's our backup, and so we knew that it was kind of always uh, Magoo. I assume will be practice squad. I'll probably try to bring him back on practice squad. But it was always kind of they're not going to keep three quarterbacks, so there's no shock there. Running backs, I don't know if it's a shock necessarily because Emmanuel Wilson did look good. I know he's a guy that a lot of people wanted on the team, but uh, they kept two running backs last year and just at the practice squad call up. I kind of assumed more of the same this year and they decided to go a different direction. So Emmanuel Wilson, I mean, that's, that's awesome for him that he made the 53. Uh, and I think it also signals a bit of, cause you know, one of the guys they could let go of. So Lou Nichols was our seventh round pick who barely practiced cause he had injured a shoulder. And I think they're going to put him on IR or just outright wave him. I can't remember what they're going to do. Uh, the thought was, if they gave three, potentially Patrick Taylor, who was a guy last year, practice squad, lots of call-ups, all of that stuff, uh, because he had special teams ability and be with the team longer. The fact that Emmanuel Wilson is on, and I think there's some other moves down the line as well that kind of signal this as well. They just they they're going as young as humanly possible on some of this stuff. Patrick Taylor's been around, he's established, but they also know what his limit is, and maybe they don't know what the upside is of Wilson. And so I think it's it's I don't know if it's shocking necessarily based on what he did in the preseason, uh, but I think it's a little surprising that they went three running backs and that one of them was Emmanuel Wilson and not Patrick Taylor. Yeah, this is you know when I saw it, it was kind of oh okay, wow. Um, you know, that that's not necessarily what I had predicted. You know, I had been on the record saying, no, they're just going to keep two. Um, and so they kept three. And like you said, it wasn't Patrick Taylor. Um, but the, what that signaled to me was we've tried this with Patrick Taylor before and it just hasn't worked out. So, um, you know, Wilson seems to show some promise and he's younger and maybe there's something there. And, you know, do I, I don't know if he's going to end up being a, a breakout star. Um, but I think it's certainly in the Packers eyes worth exploring because there just hasn't really been a punch for, you know, RB three, the last few years. Does there need to be is the other question. I guess we'll find out. Um, well, I think a big question this year is just how much are they going to rely on the running game um, or in, in what it's going to look like. And until we get, you know, week one, two, three, and into the season, um, we don't really know. And I think that decision might actually make more sense uh, once we can see this offense and what it really looks like. All right, Dusty, your favorite wide receivers and tight ends and fullbacks. So we'll we'll focus on this as long as you want. We can stay here all episode <laughs> if you want. Um, but wide receivers, they kept six. So Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Davian Wicks, Malik, Heath, Tory, and Dobbs. Thoughts on wide receivers? Because I'm sure you have a lot before we get into tight ends. There's not really any shocks. I know last week someone asked us a question of if we would keep seven wide receivers or three running backs. And I remember I said three receivers or, or seven receivers instead of uh, the three running backs. Obviously, they they flip-flop that, which I'm fine with. The the other guy I would have taken, because I think Watson, Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Ontavian Wicks, Malik Heath, Samari Toure, all those felt like the six. And the guy I attacked on at the end was Grant DuBose. Uh He was a seventh round pick. I th- may have been their last pick in the draft. I can't remember that. I really, really like now he barely got time practice. Cause he, he came in uh, either first practice or almost drafted with like a back injury. So we barely saw him. I think he saw a little preseason time in this past game. Not much, but I really liked what I saw out of him uh, in college. So he was a guy I was hoping was going to make it. So it's not a shock that they went with uh, six wide receivers. I did kind of want them to keep DuBose. Uh, Melton's another guy that I kind of like, but he didn't really show much. So kind of hoping maybe they can sneak DuBose back on the practice squad there. But no real shock there. I really like that squad a lot. I mean, I think, you know, Watson, Watson, Dobbs, and then Reed as the three are really good. But even what we saw, there's a, now there's a thought that Wicks, who I know I think injured a hamstring, uh, may go to IR tomorrow. Uh, kind of after the 53 is finalized. So there is a possibility that he goes to IR and that wouldn't shock me. Then they'll probably have to do something else. But if they were going to keep six, I, I feel like there was no other six that could have taken. I know some people have kind of soured on Toure a little bit. Uh, I'd rather Toure than DeBose or Melton at this point. So I'm there's I, to me, zero shocks in the wide receiver room. 
Yeah, I wasn't too surprised by this either. Um, and you know, looking at the Packers.com article, there's just some interesting uh, tidbits that they include at the end. Um, one is that Heath is the first undrafted rookie receiver to make the Green Bay roster since Darius Shepard in 2019. Uh, so that's something that's noteworthy. And also uh, Heath, Wilson, and then not to you know jump too far ahead, but Brenton Cox Jr., are on the verge of extending the streak to 19 consecutive years with at least one undrafted rookie making the week one roster. So uh, this is something that the Packers obviously have a history of doing. And it's, it's interesting always to see how they, who they pick to continue the streak at this point. I don't think they ever want to break the streak. So they're just going to, you know, if there's one guy, <laughs> just have just someone either them. way. <laughs> uh, this year there's three. So obviously they feel a little bit more confident about that. Um, but just some, some tidbits there on Wilson and Heath uh, as we're talking through this. Tight ends, uh, your boy, Josiah DeGuara, your boy, Tucker Craft, and your boy, <laughs> Luke Musgraves. Dusty, any surprises here? Personally, for me, none. This made complete sense, and I'm really excited to see these three. It's a little surprise. This is one I think they're going to look to bolster. I think they're going to have to just because, I mean, listen, right now, Josiah DeGuar is listed as a tight end, and so they've got three tight ends on the roster. It was a big deal when, like, a month ago he was listed as fullback. So we we know what Josiah DeGuar is going to be. They'll probably lean him a little bit more on the backfield, probably a little more fullback, or at least that's what they want to do, but also split that with some some inline duties there. So I love that he made it. There was some chatter that, well, Josiah DeGuar might not make it. I never bought into that. I mean, there's that, I think there's zero reason I think that was going to happen. But only three tight ends and two of them rookies. Again, we talked about this with, with Wilson a little bit as far as, like, trust the young guys, know this is going to be a, a bit of a growing year. I don't know, man, like especially with how it and maybe I'm wrong with how it felt like they kind of wanted to play offense this year uh, with with some of those tight ends, because Musgrave, I think Musgrave is kind of I mean, we you will see him blocking uh, and he will give effort. I always thought he's kind of more of a big wide receiver this year than anything. So they don't really have like a true tight end and certainly not a true tight end with experience on the roster. So it's a little surprising. I think someone like Austin Allen, who I think they're going to try to sneak through on the practice squad. Another young guy, certainly not established, but a big dude and showed some stuff. So I'm, I I kind of had them penciled in for four tight ends. So if they were going to – this is one. If they're going to keep three and if they're going to call Josiah DeGuara a tight end not a fullback all of a sudden, uh, I'm fine with these three. There's no surprises there. But the fact that they only kept three leads me to believe they're likely going to be in the market to add – someone is that an established name is that youth uh i know with an old dominion kid uh, zach uh zach Kuntz from um uh he was drafted by new york and he was he was released today and his big thing he had a 10 raz score and i think the packers are interested in him is it a possibility that they, they give a guy like that a shot you got musgrave you got Kuntz, these two athletic freaks and you're just running them on the outside with with craft more as a tight end i don't know but it wouldn't shock me to see them try to make some moves uh in that in the tight end market i don't i be hard to see them going into week one with this as a tight end room, I guess. All right, moving on to the O-line. Lots of talk about the O-line. Um, so curious what you think here, Dusty. We have Zach Tom, Rashid Walker, David Bakhtiari, Royce Newman, Josh Myers, Caleb Jones, Josh Nageman, Elkton Jenkins, Sean it, I Ryan. always say Ryan. That's mm-hmm. what I'm always like. It's Sean Ryan. And then tr- I look at it. They're trying to like, trick you. No, it's yeah. wrong. But I know it's Sean Ryan, John Runyon and Luke Tenuta. So Dusty thoughts, anyone that you feel passionately about what's what's going on here? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, Royce Newman got absolutely cooked, roasted, and eaten alive during the preseason. So it feels like maybe that that has run its course, but I don't think they had anyone on the roster they felt better about. So having some interior line depth at least like knows what they're supposed to be doing, whether or not they can do it or not. I think that's something we said before. I do think they'll probably try to upgrade uh, some of some of the interior line position there. But no, I mean, I could see them going with with 10, maybe leaving Tanuda off of there uh, and, and using that extra spot, say at tight end or something like that. But no, you're looking down the list. I mean, it's 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 a solid group of guys who have done it and a solid group of guys who have a lot of promise and have showed a lot of things. So no real surprises there. I mean, I'd say probably, probably the strongest unit on the roster right now. Uh, I'd say maybe cornerback maybe has a, maybe has an argument there, but the offensive line in terms of depth and the top level skill, I think it's really hard to argue with that. That's a, that's a, a very, very good room. Not, I really have nothing more to add. I, I couldn't agree more. All right. Switching sides to defense. Uh, so D line 
Six guys here, TJ Slayton, Carl Brooks, Devontae Wyatt, Colby Wooden, Kenny Clark, and Jonathan Ford. Uh, Dusty, what do you think about this group? Ford's a guy who hasn't done much. So not that I was shocked, but if he didn't make the team, that wouldn't have shocked me. But I mean, the other guys, we knew it was going to be Slayton, Wyatt, and Clark were like the locks. And then based on what they did in the preseason and some of their stuff, and the, they were draft picks. They like Packers like to keep their draft picks more often than not. And then just hearing about them in practice, watching them in preseason, I'd say leaving guys like Carl Books and Colby Wooden, you assume were going to be locks as well. So so I don't, I don't think there's any big shocks there. Again, I think Jonathan Ford is is a guy that I just I have not seen much from and so if he had been left off I would not have been shocked at all but you know maybe they, maybe they see something he's a kind of a longer term developmental guy maybe we'll see him a little more this year maybe he'll maybe he'll show some things this year but uh so far so far not much but also if you're if you're going to use an extra spot if you're like well we could go between this guy we don't really know too much about or this other guy I think having a big body on the defensive line I I don't mind just keeping a guy like that around especially if they're they're maybe seeing some development out of him yeah that was actually a surprise for me too when I was looking through the list um after I got home from work and I was like oh because that was kind of one of the talking points for every Packers talking head during this preseason was, oh, Jonathan Ford really isn't doing much. You know, he he's one of the players that could be on the edge and and you know not make the fifty three. So uh, he he squeaked in there, and I'm I'm just curious. I wish I knew. You know, people ask us a lot of times when we do call for questions. You know, if you could eat dinner with any Packers player or any Packers staff member, who would it be? And a lot of times we always say you know, LaFleur or Kudikens, this is the time where I'd love to sit down and, and hear their thoughts um, on the 53, why they made cuts that they did, why they kept guys that they did. Uh, so it's always interesting. All right. We're approaching Steve territory. So Steve, thinking of you, miss you, buddy. Outside linebacker and inside linebacker. We'll start with outside linebacker. There are six, Justin Hollins, Rashawn Gary, Kingsley, and Avery. And I, and it, I always I guess it. I've heard him say it a few different ways. I think it's Anagbari. Anagbari. That's what I yeah. thought too. Yeah. But I've heard him say it different ways, like you said. I feel like I've, I've heard I've heard Anagbari as well. I feel like I've heard him say Anagbari. So I feel like I've heard him say it three different ways at this point. So I, yeah. I don't know what to believe. Kingsley Anagbari. That's what we're that's our official stance. Anagbari. But I think it's JJ. I think it's JJ Anagbari. That's yeah. right. My JJ, yeah. Yeah. This is just <laughs> this is just a lot. Anyways, Breton Co- continuing the list. So that's the first three. And then Brenton Cox Jr., who we talked about earlier, uh, undrafted uh, rookie. And then Lucas Finesse, first round pick. And Preston Smith, the veteran. So Dusty, thoughts here? I like that Brenton Cox made it. Uh, he's, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows his story at this point. He was kicked out of two SEC schools, technically not kicked out of Georgia, I think think i think he was on he was going to be it was one of those like you can't fire me i quit type situations like i think he left when he was going to be kicked out so like really like a guy who like i and i never knew exactly what he did there but i do know i have followed i live in sec country i followed sec stuff for a while if you get kicked out of two sec schools you've done something man uh but i like that he made it just because i know i think the floor said something uh yesterday something like you get a clean slate when you walk in the door here. So he may be on a relatively short leash, but he's also a dude who is immensely talented. Uh, And we saw some flashes of that during the preseason. So I really, really like that Cox made it um, just because he's got a ton of potential. He has flashed just say insane skill. So I'm, I'm really excited for him. And I mean, this is a, this is another group here. I mean, with Gary back and we don't know if he's going to be starting week one, Gary and Preston Smith on the ends. And then you rotate those guys in with an Agberry who showed really nice stuff last year. And then was an absolute demon during the preseason. Lucas Van Ness will probably come along solely. Brenton Cox. So if you just have him as like a third down pass rusher and you're rotating him in, and he's playing 10 snaps a game and he's very, very fresh out the gate could just wreck stuff. And then you've got Hollins who showed uh, some nice stuff last year. So this has the potential to be a really, really nice room, not just now, but, uh, but for the future as well, because I mean, Gary, you assume is going to be getting his extension. You've got, um, 
you know, four years plus the rookie plus a fifth year option for Van Ness. Uh, you've got Brenton Cox, you know, under under team control for four years at a, at a very good deal. Uh, Justin Hollins, I think, has another two or three years, and Anegbury has another three. So this is one where if everything hits this year and, and fingers crossed, this could be a really really good core of this of this defense for the next foreseeable future, which is awesome. Yeah, and I was a little bit familiar um, with Cox just because of Florida. You know, mm-hmm. everyone talks about players that are that are good, or like if something bad happens, if there's a scandal, you know, he was dismissed from the team. I, I remember hearing about that uh, from from friends and just reading about it online. Um, so, you know, getting leaving Georgia for similar reasons, getting dismissed from the team, not necessarily the greatest thing but like you said he was an absolute beast leading up to this and uh clearly you know the packers are one of if not i don't want to say the strictest when it comes to off-field just behavior and what you're doing because the patriots and bill belichick do exist but um they're up there with the teams that really really care deeply about this so if they believe in him enough to put him on the 53, then we, I, I trust in that this is, you know, kind of the tradition of the franchise and what they've always done. So clearly they they trust in him and that, um, you know, he'll, he'll do what he needs to, uh, to perform and, um, and be available to the team. So, um, that one wasn't necessarily surprising, but it'll just be curious to kind of see how it plays out. And I hope it works out for everybody because, um, I, I think, you know, if he continues to trend in what we saw, the last few weeks, it, it, he could be a really exciting player. Also, and I know there are different positions because one of them was inside linebacker, and it's mainly the Florida to Florida connection. But uh, Cox getting kicked off of Florida and Georgia, all I could think of was, and you remember Antonio Morrison? He played, was it a year, maybe two years in Green Bay as the inside linebacker? Played like a man with his absolute hair on fire, and he got arrested well at Florida for, I think, barking at a police dog if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, maybe, you know, listen, I followed Florida for long enough. There's a lot of just insane people that come out, not only of that college, but of that state in general. Uh, yeah, lived, you don't have to tell me that. Yeah, I was you, say, you I, don't I, have to tell I me that. I lived there for a bit. I'm allowed to say that. So that's that's all I can think of. I hear Brenton Cox kicked out of Florida, and I was like, was this an Antonio Morrison situation? Did he did he maybe bite a police dog? I don't know. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Um, all right, inside linebackers, five, Quay Walker, Treat Carpenter, Eric Wilson, Isaiah McDuffie, and Devondre Campbell. Thoughts? This zero, seems pretty straightforward to me. Yeah, zero surprises. I think Tariq Carpenter, I don't know that he's necessarily made that transition inside linebacker, but he, he feels like a guy who's here for special teams. If he plays inside linebacker at all, that feels like a failure or there's been a bunch of injuries. But yeah, Carpenter feels like a straight special teams guy that is yep. just holding down an inside linebacker spot. Yeah, when I was looking through the roster, this was one of the position groups where I said, okay, no thoughts there, moving on, because it just made complete and total sense to me. Uh, cornerback, four. We have four guys here, Jair Alexander, Keyshawn Nixon, Rasul Douglas, Carrington Valentine, and then Eric Stokes was placed on the pup list. So what that means is that he'll miss at least the first four games of the season. Um, and then a uh, fun fact that the Packers provided is that this will – uh, be the fewest cornerbacks on the active roster entering a season um, since 2008. Um, and since winning the Super Bowl, Green Bay has gone into week one with five or fewer cornerbacks on just two occasions in 2018 and in 2022. So just some some extra background there that I thought was interesting with this position group. Dusty, uh, with Eric Stokes on PUP and the four guys that were selected any surprises here? I mean, I'm thrilled that we have Love and Valentine. That that just makes for a good time. But any any other more insightful thoughts from you? Selfishly, I'm I'm glad they got rid of Corey Valentine because the trying to trying to say Valentine and then also Valentine was screwing me up during the preseason. So that's one thing. <laughs> and I don't think he showed much during the preseason. I mean, I do think like this is another area. I said tight end. They'll probably look to bolster. I assume they're going to have to look at something cornerback from from some of the cuts around the league, just because I I did not look at what they'd done in the past, but I couldn't remember them going into a season with fewer. It feels like they usually carry around six cornerbacks, and so I mean Stokes on the pop, like you said, he's gone at least the first four, and we don't even know we don't have a good view on how his recovery is going. So he may be out longer than that. I don't really know, uh, but I mean you're looking at some of these other guys and like Ballantyne. It didn't show a whole lot during the preseason. Condor Thomas, I, I kind of liked some of what he did, but that's not a shock. Shamal John Charles, I mean, he was a draft pick, what, two years ago? 
last year, I think. I can't remember, like a fifth-round pick. And I thought he played pretty well in the preseason. Uh, he didn't see the time barely at all. He was a smaller dude, but there, didn't see a whole lot of time uh, last year. And but I kind of I kind of like some of the stuff he was showing in the preseason. So I kind of thought he was going to make it just because they needed some bodies there. This feels real light, man. Like especially like and you look at the top end talent there: Jair, Rasul, Keyshawn Nixon. Who I mean, I think we talked about this before. Keyshawn Nixon, great returner. I don't know how he's going to be as a full time slot defender like no one knows yep. how that's going to go and then valentine who is a seventh round rookie who has shown in the preseason i mean super super aggressive he almost had a pick six in the third preseason game which is awesome but it seems to not i don't know how to say this nicely he doesn't seem to have a full grasp of of the defensive playbook and that was a pared down defensive playbook which is no knock against him he's a rookie but i don't know how you if he's fourth he's going to be on the field at some point guaranteed and that feels like if you play your normal defense, what Barry likes to play with him, I feel like that goes horribly. So I feel like they're going to have to bolster this just to get bodies in there, if nothing else. Because I saw the four and I had to double check this. I was like, that can't be right. They can only be carrying four. So yeah. look for I would look for some moves there for sure, which which is always the thing that sucks about this, right? We're talking about these guys and we're like, oh man, like Emmanuel Wilson made it. That's great for Emmanuel Wilson. Then like he may be cut tomorrow for a cornerback, like for all we know. So uh, it's, it's always, it's a lot of this, a short lived glory for the guys that do make it, which sucks. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think they're going to have to do something with the cornerback room. Yep, definitely. And we had some questions about, you know, groups that were, uh, worried about heading into week one. And I think this is one, uh, that we'll be talking about again in, in a short yeah. while here. Um, all right. Safeties. We have five down Levitt, Rudy Ford, Darnell Savage, Jonathan Owens, and Anthony Johnson Jr. And, Tervarius Moore was placed on IR, which essentially ends uh, his season um, when you're placed on IR on the roster cut day. So that was interesting because people really thought that he could start potentially or compete for that spot. There was certainly a lot of chatter about him. And, you know, now it's nope, not even going to be on the roster this year, not going to play this year for the Green Bay Packers. So that was that was one thing that stood out to me. Dusty, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think they. It sounds like they they really like Gaines. Uh, so Gaines not being there, you know, they, they let him go. And I think he likes Green Bay from the sounds of things. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him back in the practice squad. But I always assume four safeties, and then with the the emphasis on special teams, carrying five makes sense. The Levitt, this is another guy. If Levitt sees the field as a safety, something has gone wrong this season. Uh, I like. We know Savage. I still, Sarah, legitimately, I. I don't think they know who that other safety is. I still think no. they don't know. Jonathan Owens was hit and miss. Ford showed some good stuff last year. And then Anthony Johnson Jr. sounded ter- like he was having a terrible uh, training camp and then showed out in the preseason. So who knows? I have no idea. But five, five, especially with emphasis on special team, feels about right. Um, and I like Gaines. I just don't, I don't think he showed enough to, to really – make his move here this isn't <laughs> if cornerback i have i have concerns with due to the body safety i have concerns with just just because of the dudes on there that i don't really know what any of them are or are particularly good at hello friends as many of you know a few years back the milwaukee bucks were in the nba finals and i desperately wanted to go to game six in milwaukee to see them win the championship As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye game six of the NBA finals. Now thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used game time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using GameTime app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the GameTime app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. GameTime is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, I I think it's pretty concerning that um, the quarterback room and the safeties are both a little questionable heading into week one. So let's um, have the pass rush take over, man. You know, I, if you're, if you're so, sacking the quarterback all the time, you don't, you don't need safety, Sarah. I don't love this. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it more soon, but I was feeling pretty good about the roster. And if, you know, looking at it on Packers.com, we're going in the exact order uh, that it's listed. And so I'm like, all right, okay. Oh, every now and then surprise. And then I got to this at the end, right before special teams and was like, Ooh, I, I don't love how we're rounding out things here, but hey, they get paid the big bucks uh, to make these decisions, and we just sit here and talk about it. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they have a reason for for why they've made these decisions, but I certainly don't get it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and to officially wrap things up, we have special teams. Uh, two people kept here: Anders Carlson. And Daniel Whelan, uh, or Wellen, because it's Irish. We said Wellen, yeah. Yeah, it's Wellen. We looked it up, Daniel Wellen. Um, and fun fact, uh, Daniel Wellen is first-year punter, and if he plays week one, which I don't see why he wouldn't, he'll be the first Irish-born player to play in the NFL since 1985. So that's fun. Uh, he's, he's from the XFL, uh, DC Defenders, uh, before he signed with the Packers in May. So, you know, good success story there for the XFL pipeline. Uh, Dusty, thoughts here? Again, not something I love seeing at the end. It, it, my confidence is, is tanking a little, um, but we, it, it feels like at some point it was going to have to be Anders Carlson. They, mm-hmm. they kind of got married and, and had to just stick it out. And then a big surprise for some people was the fact that they released Pat O'Donnell. Um, this yeah. was a bit shocking um, for some others. You know, there, there are a lot of arguments on the, on the timeline today about why were you surprised about this? I can't believe that I saw this coming. How could you not see this coming? <laughs> so Dusty, did you see that coming? What are your thoughts on special teams? Well, the O'Donnell thing's kind of funny just because the Packers, like Gudikins came out and said, we're releasing all of our all of our cuts are coming on Tuesday. And on Monday, he's like, We've cut Pat O'Donnell. I mean, he couldn't even make it. He couldn't even make it one more day. You're like, we gotta get this guy out of here. I don't I like to me that was yeah, that was like a difference in styles. That was O'Donnell was kind of the guy without a big leg, but he's consistent, he can pin you deep. Well, it's just the dude who's gonna bomb it. And he's got good hang time and can just bomb the ball and he's gonna kick it far. And maybe he's not overly precise, but we're just gonna kick it as far as possible. So I mean, I think for that reason, maybe uh, we're just going to get a guy that boots it and then maybe he can figure out the rest. And if they want to go youth and cost control and all of that, I it doesn't shock me. I also was not that tuned into the punter bail to where I to where I really cared that much. It didn't shock me. I mean, the big thing here is they don't have a long snapper. So at some point we're getting a story about like so and so has been cut for a long snapper and that's not going to be true. 
but they're going to have to do something. They cut uh, Matt Orzik was their long snapper and they cut him yesterday. When you're listening to this, they cut him on Tuesday with the idea of bringing him back on Wednesday so they can place him on the IR. So he, the, I guess the thought is he'll be back this season, but to put him in the IR now he's out all season. So they got to wait to wait until all of that's finalized, but he's not going to be their long snapper at the beginning of the season. So they're going to have to sign a long snapper. I'm not going to pretend to know all the good long snappers on the market. I mean, Jack Coco was the dude last year. So if they liked him, maybe they bring him back or something, but that is, I, I don't, I, this is another one. I don't know that I've ever seen the Packers go into a season without a long snapper on the 53. And maybe I'm wrong. Cause I don't pay that close attention to long snapper, but uh, they're going to have to do something there just because I don't know, unless they've got a guy on the roster now that can double pull double duty as a long snapper. Maybe Luke Tenuta is just a dynamite long snapper. I don't know, but uh, they're going to have to do something with that. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. And, um, you know, I I think the IR stipulations are probably what pushed them to make the decision uh, the way that they did. Um, But that is your 53-man roster for the Green Bay Packers. A couple just more fun facts. So the 11 offensive linemen are the most Packers have carried on their initial roster in at least a decade. Only twice they've carried 10, and that was in 2017 and 2022. Um, they also kept 11 of its 13 draft picks this year. So a uh, seventh rounder receiver, which Dusty talked about earlier, Grant DeBose was released. And then seventh round running back Lou Nichols was, was waived because he was injured. Um, he missed most of training camp anyways with a shoulder injury. And then all 11 players from the 2022 draft class made the roster. So that's, you know, that's good. Um, and then the Packers 53-man roster is comprised of 45 former draft picks and eight undrafted free agents. Um, and 37 of the 53 players were drafted by Brian Gudikins. So we're really in the start of the of, of a new era. I mean, we already were, but even more so now. And this is a historically young team as well. A lot of guys, I think it was like 48 out of 53, were under 28. Um, so definitely a new era i think i um, saw this was the youngest team since the owen 16 browns uh, yeah i, I believe I it i mean this is this is a very young team um and I, I think it'll be good um you know the one of the biggest complaints just from other fan bases and even our packers own fan bases that the packers can be stale at times they're too old-fashioned you know they're and now there's kind of some fresh new faces, some way more personalities. And I think you're starting to see that come out. And hopefully that means, you know, that bond kind of translates onto the field and good things can happen too. But yeah, hopefully the, um, the winless Browns doesn't translate over to the Packers. That would be <laughs> yeah, really bad. Real. And I do not want that to happen. Alrighty. So um, as always, we, had a call for questions and oh boy, did you once again all deliver lots of really good questions this week. So we will go ahead and uh, transition on over to them. Uh, first question is from Katie Sunderman. She said, would you rather wear a wet socks or an itchy sweater for the rest of your life? And she'll think of a football question later. Dusty, you might have to insert the uh, cricket sounds because we never got a football question. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. Katie has been a longtime listener of the show. Um, and we were enthused by the first part of this question. So thought this would be a good, you know, good way to jump from 53-man roster talk into questions. So Dusty, would you rather wear wet socks or an itchy sweater for the rest of your life? I, I do not want trench foot, so I'm going with itchy sweater. There's not a good answer here, but I will go itchy sweater. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you. And I hate, you know, whether it's a sequence dress or top or whatever I'm wearing, if it's itchy, I hate it and I'm so uncomfortable. But wet socks feels like I could get, catch some sort of bacteria or mm-hmm. infection. And I just really don't want to deal with that. And I think maybe after a while, my skin would get used to being itchy and I could stop feeling it. But if my feet are constantly wet, like they're going to be constantly wet. And that's mm-hmm. just disgusting. Um, and then when I walk around places, I leave a trail like a snail, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It's, it's just not like a good, snail. not a good visual. Oh, oh Sarah's been here. <laughs> see, the, see, yeah, it's just oh, a wet footprints on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wonder who was here. You know, you could never, <laughs> you could never sneak out as a kid. You could never do anything fun. Um, so yeah, unfortunately I'm going itchy sweater. 
next question is from Brian Hartstad. He says, it's cut down day for the NFL. What Packers positional cuts make you a bit worried about that group? And then food question, which combo is your favorite? Sweet and sour, sweet and savory, or sweet and heat? So I can start with this one. I kind of alluded it to, uh, to it before, but uh, quarterback. Uh, just the fact that there are only four, you know, Eric Stokes can't come back until week, you know, week four. And I just don't. I mean, I feel comfortable with the four guys that are there, but I just don't think that there's enough depth. Um, you know, all it takes is one injury to happen and then you're scrambling. And um, the guys that are there have also historically been injured um, and out for a few weeks at a time here and there throughout the season. So I just, I wouldn't say I'm super worried, but I just don't necessarily have confidence um, in that this is going to work out exactly as the Packers planned. Um I think that they'll be able to perform and if they can all stay healthy, great, but I'm just a little worried that there really is no security blanket here. Um, and if thing, if one thing goes wrong, it could, you know, the dominoes could really begin to fall and it would, it would get ugly quick. Um, and my favorite combo, oof, this is tough, but I think I'm going to go sweet and savory. Um, I love sweet and sour too, but you know, I, I love having a good dinner and then right after having a little sweet treat. Um, so I, w- I would pair those together, you know, nice savory steak, potatoes, whatever it is, and then have, you know, a nice slice of a fudge brownie with ice cream on top after something really sweet. Uh, so I'm going sweet and savory for that. Dusty, what about you? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it right, but tight end. I mean, the cornerbacks for sure, uh, but I'll take tight ends here just because, again, I mean, it, it was a not insignificant detail that Josiah DeGuerra was moved officially to like a fullback like a few weeks ago, like a month ago at this point. And so to go into the to go into the season, and again, I don't know exactly what the best options were here because it's not like they had a, a glut of guys on the roster that had a lot of experience. I mean, they, without bringing Mercedes Lewis back, uh, who is, which is no longer an option, but going into a season with two rookie tight ends who is something I talk about a lot of people talk about a lot so I don't want to belabor the part, point too much do usually struggle out of the gate usually do not come into their own until starting year two really and now you got two rookie tight ends and a guy who until like three days ago was considered a fullback as your tight ends again I, I they're going to have to do something with this as far as as far as bolstering that because I, I have a heart as much as I want them to use those young guys I, this just feels like this could go very badly very quickly. So uh, that 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 one concerns me. The tight end room, just the guy, the the lack of bodies and the guys that they do have there that they don't really have, they don't really have like a true tight end who has been there before, really. Uh, so that that concerns me. And then I'll go, uh, I'll go with the sweet and sour. I'll go sweet and sour. Uh, sweet and heat. I'm a big fan of for like a like smoked smoked pork. Do like a sweet heat rub. That's just that's tremendous. But overall, I'd say uh, I'll do sweet and sour. Alrighty. Next question is a Dusty question. It's from Wesley Price, and they want to know, or they say, Dusty, I noticed your Twitter background pick was from Behind the Mask. It's one of my favorite lesser-known movies. Can you explain in two minutes or less why everyone should watch this gem of a horror-slash-comedy? Love your work. Go, Pat, go. Two minutes is tough. I'm going to give it a shot. Okay, so Behind the Mask is a full title. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon came out in 06. It's basically, it's a, we'll say it's an hour and a half, the first hour of which is just a pitch perfect deconstruction of a slasher movie. It's shot in mockumentary style following a guy named Leslie Vernon. The story behind him is that he was, uh, I think possessed as a child, uh, killed his family. And then the townspeople killed him, but he did not actually die or he died and came back in paranormal or something. And now like 30 years later or 25 years later, whatever is coming back to take revenge on the town that sought to take him out. And so he's, it, but you get it's his mockumentary style. So you're seeing him it's behind the mask because he's not wearing a mask for the vast majority of the movie. He is setting up everything in the way of a slasher, a, a typical slasher is he's he's got the house all set up. He's got how he's going to lure the people. You get the different cast of characters, how he's kind of going to lure them to the house what he's going to do once they're there to kind of trap them in. And you're seeing all of these things kind of play out within these smash cuts of like how they would play out within the movie itself. So you get an hour of a mockumentary style set up to a slasher, the type of movie I know I've seen a thousand times before. And if you've seen Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and think that you have as well. And you've also have within that Robert England is in it for a little bit, uh, who played Freddy Krueger at Kane Hodder, who was one of the Jasons. You had Zelda, Zelda Rubenstein, who was uh, the psychic and poltergeist. You have these kind of like horror luminaries 
in this as well. In the last half hour of the movie just turns into a straight up slasher. It's, it's a comedy and it's funny. And the guy who plays uh, Leslie Vernon is tremendous, uh, but it's also just so well done. It's, it's obviously done by someone who's seen a bunch of horror movies, seen a bunch of slashers, has thought about them a lot, and then does such a great job at, at kind of breaking the stuff down. So I don't know if that went over two minutes, but the behind the mask rise of Leslie Vernon came out. Oh six. One of my all time favorite horror movies. If you're into slasher stuff at all, and you've not seen it, absolutely watch it. It's tremendous. Alrighty. Thank you, Dusty, for the two-minute synopsis there. <laughs> Next question is from Mike Kawano. He wants to know, which former Packer would you rather bring back, Daphne or Sternberger? And then what is one bit of preseason prep that you have to do? Could be buying a new jersey, reloading on snacks, trying a new beverage, et cetera. Uh, so, Dusty, you, you know, you've talked about tight ends a lot, so more tight end chatter here. You got any thoughts on these two guys? I'd go Daphne. I really liked what Daphne had. I mean, he's kind of more of that Deguara type, that that kind of hybrid uh, fullback tight end type of guy. But I really liked him. Uh, I, think he, I know he caught at least one touchdown pass, uh, showed some nice stuff as a blocker, I think a little limited as an athlete, but also seemed uh, well-liked in the locker room. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was at Jordan Love's – he was at someone's wedding, maybe A.J. Dillon's wedding or something. He, I know he was in some of the pictures after he was cut. So the guy who they like in the locker room did some nice things out there. Sternberger, I, I mean, I, I I liked what Sternberger could potentially be. There's a reason he has not worked out. Like there's been a, a, like stories of like the work ethic of that guy and everything like that. And I think if everything worked out perfectly – I'd be fine with Sternberger. Uh, throw a body in the room. That's fine. I don't think there's a chance of him coming back to Green Bay. Uh, so I I would absolutely love Daphne. And my preseason prep, I don't have – all of my preseason prep revolves around like getting ready to write, making sure everything's kind of buttoned up. I've got like does, does my code for play-by-play parsing, is that stuff updated for what I want to capture and do this year? Like, ooh, really cool stuff. I've got like – my play concept definitions to make sure I'm tagging things the same way consistently every time this year. So when I go back at the end of the year, it's not all messed up. Is it, is it cross country dagger or my dagger parentheses cross country, like real dumb stuff that no one actually cares about. Uh, that's my prep. I don't really have at this point, I don't really have anything in terms of buying it. Sometimes I will buy a new Jersey, uh, but that's not something I have to do. It's really more just about my writing process. Make sure all that's all buttoned up. So I don't have some crisis on week one. That's, that's 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 all of my prep at this point. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on Daphne too, is you know, which one I'd rather bring back. I think also Sternberger, he had chance after chance after chance after chance, and it just couldn't work. And in Daphne, it was just sort of a timing thing and it didn't, you know, it didn't work out. But I, I do think that there were maybe some plays that were left out on the field that I, I would have liked to, you know, maybe see and if, you know, the opportunity was there, maybe revisit that. Um and as far as preseason prep for me, I, I really just, I guess it's just, you know, reloading on the snacks, making sure I've got some recipes for the season. Um, I like to, you know, have a few things and stick to that. Um, also just make sure I kind of know my game plan, like what's my setup going to be? Am I going to watch the game at home? Am I going to go somewhere and watch the game? Because I want to watch the whole game. You know, I'm not one of those, oh, we'll go someplace and leave at halftime and we'll miss the start of the third quarter on the way home. No, no, no. I like to see <laughs> every second of the game that I can. Um, so that'll be um, just sort of my, you know, regular preseason prep, I guess you could say, is just kind of getting all my ducks in a row, making sure I got snacks on deck and know exactly what my setup's going to be. I'm actually moving this weekend. So for the first time in a few years, I'm going to have a new setup and that it is making me a tad nervous because I just want to make sure my Wi-Fi and everything's working for streaming. Uh, Cause if not, then I need to know where I'm going to go to watch the game and, uh, and have a plan for that. All right. Next question is from Dylan Torrey and they want to know, do you think the Packers will use Quay Walker as a spy for Justin Fields in week one? And if so, would you expect that to be his usage for the majority of the game? So this has Dusty written all over it. So I'll pass it back to you. I mean, I think you have to mix it up to some extent. I think, I think Quay, I think they will have to do something to keep an eye on Fields, just the kind of QB Fields is. Um, the, <laughs> the kind of QB we saw Fields be in the preseason. I don't think he's ready to be a, a, perfected thrower of the ball so we so we will likely see some run stuff uh but it's i mean the way you're gonna have to protect against that part of that spy part of that's going to have to be mixing up your fronts because if you just have one guy that's gonna be the spy it's not like he's just scrambling you have to spy him i mean that's that's what you do with the with the spy is if he scrambles i've got eyes on him everyone else you can play man coverage everyone's got their back i've got the qb if they're looking if they're doing defined qb runs with him 
that's harder to do because then it's then that's part of the run fit. Then where does he go for the run fit? Is he just going after fields? And what about the gap integrity? It gets it gets a little trickier to kind of deal with some of that stuff. I think if you just have one guy spy. So I do think they're going to mix it up. I mean, I I would think he will probably be. Uh, he seems like a good candidate. We'll say fifty percent of the time. Probably on spy, certainly on passing downs. Um, you know, some you know, third and medium, third and long. We'll see Quay as the spy on fields, but I don't I don't think they're going to have just one guy do it. I think they're gonna mix that up a little bit. Yeah. Alrighty. We're getting towards the end here. Um next question is from Andy Monday. Uh they want to know replace the commentary during a Packers game with which bands? I will take this will destroy you, the radio department or Interpol. And then which food brings back memories for you. Um, and so he mentioned, you know, something that he eats um, reminds him of playing board games with uh, his family. So I can start with this one. As far as a band to replace the Packers, I'm going to go with Def Leppard. Um, and this is because, <laughs> or excuse me, replace commentary, not replace Packers. I misspoke there. I'm going to go with Def Leppard um, because my dad, loves Def Leppard and growing up I was often forced to listen to Def Leppard in the car with him and have many fond memories um screaming the the words as a young child um and I watched the games with my dad a lot um and I think he would enjoy it um and you know we, we'd have a good time you know I could see a long touchdown pass and um you know some Def Leppard bangers coming on in celebration of that um so I'm gonna go with them just you know rock all the way and just party. My dad will be really happy. You probably make several dad jokes like he usually does and it'll be a good time. Um, and then which food brings back memories for you? Um, for me, uh, it's actually a beverage and it, it would be a root beer, um, root beer in the bottle, the classic, um, not the can in the bottle. Um, and growing up, my grandma, um, she would always play bingo with us. She had a bingo machine and the cards and she'd put with all the grandkids, whenever my cousins uh, came into town and my brother and I, we'd all go over there with my three cousins and uh, we'd play bingo for money. And, you know, it was looking back on it now, it was just dollar bills, but oh my God, we thought we were rich if we won, you know, there'd be a big game at the end where we'd do like the blackout and maybe we'd get $5 or $10 or whatever. Um, but she was the greatest. She's was one of my favorite people, um, you know, on this earth. And um, but whenever we went to grandma's house and whenever we played bingo, she always had root beer uh, right in the bottle. We, we'd get it right out of the, the fridge. I have vivid memory of, you know, making putting my pajamas on, hitting the fridge, getting my root beer out and then heading to the dining room table and getting my bingo cards ready to play for money and, and to hopefully beat my brother and cousin. So um, it's, it's a great memory. And um, you know, like on her birthday every year, we try to have root beer just to kind of remember her because it's just always um, just it was always a thing. Um, and she drank her Diet Coke. We drank our root beer and we all had a good time. We have something similar with root beer. That's that's not going to be my answer. But uh, we, we had it was uh, brown cows, lots of brown cows, root beer floats with with uh, with chocolate ice cream. Uh, I really loved. Um, so I will go. Let's see for music. It depends on my mood, and I will do this. Usually, not for Packers games or for other game, other games. Um, I usually do not. I don't like the commentary all the time, so I'll put music on. It usually is something instrumental, so I'll do something. First of all, Andy, your your selections of uh, this will destroy you, Radio Department, Interpol, Chef's Kiss, and all those. Uh, big fan of all those. Uh, I will go. I I've got four that will rotate before between right now. I'll say uh, Godspeed You Black Emperor, Mogwai, uh, Segura Ross, and DJ Shadow. Do I want something upbeat? Do I want something a little more laid back? I've got my bases covered with those and I can still kind of have it on the background if I feel like it and just kind of let it let it fade in or turn it up a little out if I want to, but it's all kind of the soundtrack to the game rather than replacing uh, the, the, the commentary itself, which is kind of how I like to, how I like to do it. And uh, yeah, f- food it's uh, my grandpa had a very specific beef jerky recipe, uh, smoked beef jerky, very specific kind of brine and everything. You can't, it's nothing that I've ever been able to replicate with anything I buy, but my brother has the recipe. So we used to play, we used to play poker a lot uh, with my grandpa. Uh, we always wear a different, he was big, big into Western. So cowboy, get your cowboy hats. We'd bet with pesos. He'd bring pesos. We'd bet with pesos. And eat beef jerky, uh, so that would, that's always mine. Is my grandpa's very specific beef jerky recipe? My brother, my brother will still make occasionally, uh, and takes me back to a very very specific time and place. Uh, so that that's absolutely mine. 
All right, and our last question from Spencer Sanders. They said, what is, well, they said, because there's nothing football related to talk about today, but I, I don't know if it's sarcastic or not. Because <laughs> Turns out there is. Three man cuts <laughs> happen, but I don't know. Anyways, and pumpkin spice is back. What is your favorite pumpkin flavored food? Dusty. Listen, man, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I'm I'm all pumpkin on everything. One of my favorites, I mean, listen, pumpkin spice latte, 100%. All in a pumpkin spice latte. One of my favorites, Trader Joe's goes nuts. And they just like, how much pumpkin can we oh, do? Yeah. They will do uh, pumpkin spice pumpkin seeds, which I just, I love the big swing at that. Like, I love that they're just, you know what? We got this stuff that came out of a pumpkin. Let's make it, let's put pumpkin spice on it. So I don't know if that's my favorite, but that's my favorite idea as far as like, how can we overkill this? How can we make this like meta on top of what it is? And that's, and that's, that's what we have with pumpkin spice, pumpkin seeds. But at this point, yeah, if I see something pumpkin spice, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to try it. That's, that's, that's where I am in my life right now. Yep. Pumpkin season is upon us. It's here. Um, and again, if you've listened to us for a long time, you should know that I always say the pumpkin muffins from Publix, they're fire. <laughs> I, I can't wait. You know, in a couple weeks, it's usually in September, I, they start appearing in the muffin section. So I just got to keep my eyes out when I go. Um, and they go quick. I mean, everybody jumps on those. Um, but another uh, good pumpkin flavored food that it just in the last few years, I feel like has really been on the come up is the pumpkin pancakes from First Watch. They are absolutely Ooh. delicious and they are back because I went to First Watch over the weekend um, and they you know, slid their seasonal menu across the table and I saw it. My dad is also a huge fan and I sent him a picture and said, pumpkin pancakes are back. And he just responded, I love pancakes in all caps, which is the most <laughs> dad answer ever. Pancakes. What a coincidence. Um, I love yeah. pancakes. <laughs> you just said, I love pancakes. I'm like, yes, that's why I sent you this because I knew that. Um, but those are two. And, and just remember folks, don't put pumpkin in places it doesn't belong. Uh, there's, there's pumpkin in a lot of places. Um, sometimes too many. It's great. We all enjoy it, but, but don't get too extra on us. Um, those were wise words from, from me at this time last year when pumpkin just went a little too crazy for my liking. Um, so on that note, that's it for this week's episode. Dusty, any final thoughts before we head into the regular season for the Green Bay Packers? No, man, listen, I'm hyped. Um, like I said, we will see some shifts during the 53, but it is, I mean, you fall in love with some of these, these players through the offseason, and you know a lot of them are not going to make it. And for the most part, we kind of know who the, a lot of those guys are going to be. But And that's, I hope I hope those guys catch on. Uh, I, I wish nothing but good things. I love that the XFL and USFL are things now, that guys can kind of go there, do their thing, and then you know maybe try to get another shot in the NFL. I love that it's not just really the NFL. That there's different ways to do this. Uh, but I love that we can say we know there will be changes, but this is this is who we're going to war with this year. This is who the Packers got. It's it feels a little not final necessarily, but it's it's like the last step going into the season. I I also I like that there's just the one big cut down day where it's not like tiered, where it's like the three different like you got to get below seventy five. I like that's just one fell swoop at this point. We got the team. I'm hyped. I cannot wait. Uh, as far as stuff I'm working on, I. I'm supposed to write something for tomorrow. I don't think that's going to happen because um, I've had zero time to do it. Uh, I had a film room on uh, Jordan Love over at uh, YouTube where I went through all of his dropbacks. A little bit of a messier game in preseason game week three. I'm excited to do. I'm not going to be doing all of his dropbacks, but I'm excited. I did all three preseason games. I really liked what I saw of him. I'm so hyped to see him in the regular season. I hope he does well. He showed a lot of really good stuff, but I just want to see what he has at this point. Um, probably be having something on Carrington Valentine, maybe Brenton Cox at some point this week as well. But for now, really all I've done since that third preseason game is uh, look back at all 18 of Jordan Love's dropback. And so if you want to watch that, that's, that's up on YouTube. And that was a lot of fun to go through. Thank you. And for me, you know, there's, as you're listening to this, um, uh, there's a hurricane hitting Florida. Um, I'm very lucky that it's missing almost entirely where as long as it sticks on the the path that it's on right now where I live you know we'll get some of the outer bands so we'll have some strong winds and and a lot of rain but uh for the most part you know it's so far it doesn't like the storms last year that really you know we got hit hard so uh just you know thinking of anyone that lives in that area or if you know anyone that lives in that area definitely you know think positive thoughts for them there's supposed to be just really horrific storm surge um in the gulf coast and um, 
it, it's just always so sad um, because you know when you get lucky that someone else doesn't. So uh, just thinking of those people, and I really hope you know it, it isn't as bad as it, it at sometimes looks it could be, and that everybody makes it through safely. It's it's a tough time, you know. It's starting really early. Everyone talking here in Florida is kind of like we can't even get into September. You know, usually it's mid September, and that's when our first big storm of the season happens, but. Um, this is really early and it's looking like it might be a, a rough storm season just with the weather and the waters you know, really hot. So just thinking of everybody and hope everybody can stay safe and, uh, you know, be with your families and um, do whatever you need to. If you need to leave, I, I hope you've already left and, um, you know, it's going to continue to travel up the coast and maybe even back around again. There's some crazy models going around. So just, you know, hope everybody stays safe and that we can come out on the other side um, and then, you know, look forward to some Packers football in, in the, the next week to come. But um, that's all we have this week. You know, famous last words we, we said before, it was going to be a short show. We're at 55 <laughs> minutes now. Um, so here we are. Uh, Steve, we'll be back next week. The, you know, the three of us will be ready to go previewing Packers offense versus Bears defense. And we couldn't be more excited. You know, if you've stuck with us and listened to this off season, we really appreciate it because we know that everybody's bored and we're just all trying to do our best to, to entertain, to give you something uh, fun to listen to. So thank you as always. And we're really excited to, to head in this, into this season and uh, feel really good about, about where we're going and where the Packers are going too. So as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Pack Day Podcast, at Dusty Evely, at Steve Perhatch, at Sarah Kelleher4. Uh, we will talk to you next week for a week one preview of the Packers yes. season. And as always, go Pack Go.